Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Yeah, we'll get there eventually. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Now he's going to tell us. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful to be here. You've let us live in a free land, in a beautiful uh, part of that land. And Father, you've enabled us to have the health to be here tonight when many would love to be here but can't. So help those that are sick and afflicted and raise them up off their sick beds and bring them back to your service if it would be your will. Father, be with our servicemen and women who are serving around the world right now keeping us safe. Let us not take that for granted. And Father, uh, would you just continue to speak to our hearts and minds from your word tonight? Let your spirit have control so that we'll have understanding. And Lord, not only understanding, but a will to do what you'd have us to do tonight. And Father, for these blessings and all the others, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Paul gives us a command here in verse 18. And... The command is twofold. He says, and do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Now, one of the um, translations that I think I read said, do not become intoxicated, intoxicated with alcohol, rather become intoxicated with God. And so a lot of us, would shy away from alcohol. But unfortunately, a lot of us shy away from the Holy Spirit moving because we don't understand Him. We don't practice listening to Him. We don't understand He's the one that empowers us for work. And there's been so many abuses of the Holy Spirit where people take it way over here and they do all kinds of wild and crazy things like handling snakes in church. And so we tend to avoid that. But see, the command is really there. And the command is to allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. And each Christian should allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. And so how are we going to do that? What are we going to do in order for that to happen? And there's just three simple things to begin that process, okay? Number one, to be filled with the Spirit, one must have faith. Does that make sense? See, to be filled with the Spirit, one must have faith. You must have faith in Jesus Christ. You must walk by faith. Now, that sounds real simple, but you need to understand. Some people uh, don't understand it at all. But we need to know exactly what uh, uh, I'm talking about. In Romans chapter 8, in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, it says, And if Christ is in you, The body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. And verse 11 says, But the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ from the dead also will give life through your spirit who dwells in you. And verse 9 says, You are not of the flesh, but of the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. If anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his. 
we need to understand that the Holy Spirit is not something foreign to the Christian. That at the moment of salvation, the Holy Spirit comes to reside within us. That's why Jesus said he would teach us and we would know him because he would live in us. You need to understand that the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament came upon an individual for a short time for a specific work and then left. The reason he came in such power at Pentecost is not, quote, unquote, the second blessing where we can speak in tongues. He came to show the world that there was a new covenant in Jesus Christ. And to fulfill the promises of Christ. Because promise, Jesus said, if I go, I will send the helper to you. And they needed some physical manifestation uh, to know that Jesus had kept his word. And now they had the power uh, to serve God. But you need to understand, if you do not have the Holy Spirit, if you have not experienced the Holy Spirit guiding you, if you have not heard the Holy Spirit speaking to you from Scripture, you need to ask why. Okay? And one of the reasons is... Sin. Another reason is maybe you're not saved. But see, he said, if the Spirit of Christ is not in you, you are not His. And so it's very important for us to understand the third person of the Trinity and to surrender to Him and to realize He is here to teach us and lead us in all truth, to guide us, to empower us for the work. It's very important that we understand not to be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but to be drunk with the Holy Spirit. In other words, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a picture of a a glass overflowing, a glass overflowing. Okay, not with wine, by the way, because He just said don't be drunk with that. Okay, but but we need to understand some of those things. Second Corinthians chapter five, verse three is another uh, another one for you. And it says this. If uh, no, that isn't right. What did I write down? Hmm. It might be. Let me see. Let me try 1 Corinthians 5. I didn't think that was. No, that's not it either. Oh, well. What it basically says is that God has given us the Holy Spirit as a down payment, a promise uh, of things to come. In other words, you know you're saved because you have the down payment of God, the earnest money of God. We know that earnest money is what we use in real estate transactions where you put down saying, I'm serious about this, and and this is how much money I'm going to put down. If I back out of the deal, I lose the money. But what we're saying is, I fully intend to keep this pledge that I'm going to buy this. And God says, I fully intend to redeem you totally. And the Holy Spirit is the earnestness of that. And that's one of the reasons we know you have to be filled but in order to do that you have to have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ those who do not have a saving relationship with Jesus don't have the Holy Spirit they can't understand spiritual things five fives what she said leave it to the preacher's wife to know what the preacher doesn't she's had lots of practice with that Do what now? Yes, it's a team. And that's the better half of the team. Amen. Amen. That's right. I'm one of those that truly testify that I've married above my station. 
Yeah. Second Corinthians 5, 5 says this. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has also given us the spirit as a guarantee. And the guarantee is that we belong to him. So realize that. Don't be afraid when, when uh, people talk about the Holy Spirit. Don't uh, uh, just understand the Holy Spirit. Read the, the teachings of Jesus on the Holy Spirit, especially in John 14 and 15 and, and John 16 and in other places in the New Testament where you'll be right on line with what he said the Holy Spirit was going to do. He's going to teach us all truth. He would remind us of all things whatsoever uh, that we needed in the very hour that we need them. That does not mean we don't prepare to teach Sunday school. It does not mean, even though you may think so, that I don't prepare to preach. But what it means is, is look, when you have to stand up and give a word of testimony before authorities, before kings, before rulers, the Holy Spirit's there uh, to let you know what you're to say. In other words, he brings out that study. He brings out that Bible. He brings out those uh, arguments. He brings out uh, the hope that is within you. Because Peter said, uh, be ready to give a defense for the hope that is within you. And the Holy Spirit does all those things. But if you're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it starts with faith. Not only have you been saved, but are you exercising your faith on a day-by-day basis. Okay? This walk is a walk of faith. Uh, Jesus doesn't uh, tell us everything that's going to happen two or three years from now. If he did, it would scare us to death. It's one step at a time. He says, follow me in this step, follow me here, follow me there, go this way, turn to the right, turn to the left. Okay, that was our Bible verse for VBS not long ago. I will tell you which way to turn, to the right or to the left. And that's the Holy Spirit that does that. So to be filled, you have to have faith. If you haven't experienced the Holy Spirit leading you, guiding you, speaking to you from Scripture, then you need to ask, why not? Okay, the Spirit of God... uh, uh, makes divine appointments for us. Okay. Uh, if you don't believe that. Uh, look around where sometimes you had planned on. Elizabeth and I already had lunch ready. But we didn't want what we had made for lunch. So we went down and saw some other church folks. Right Brother Larry. Down at the the White Sands. Is they still what they call it now? Okay. For lunch. They have a pretty good lunch. And uh, all at once we saw a fella. I may name names, but he'd been here several times, sort of liked it. He he didn't agree with everything, uh, and I talked to him about that briefly. And then after I talked to him, he invited us to come to his table. Well, Larry and them had a full table. They were trying to scrunch up for us, but we said, no, we'll sit over here. We don't just scrunched up. And next thing you know, we're sitting with this guy. I don't know what they thought was going on, but he's 92 years old. And he began to share with us that he really liked our church. It was just He's hung up on man-made rules that you've got to be baptized a certain way. You've got to be coming to the church a certain way, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so he was hung up on all those rules, and, and we had talked to him. But he said he was 92, and, and uh, he moved here uh, from Wisconsin, common thing. But he was raised in Minnesota. Uh, they had moved out to Arizona to where his sister's no, his wife's sister lived and her husband, okay? And then they'd come back uh, because that guy liked to play golf here. Don't ask me how he knew about this, but he, he liked to play golf. So they all moved here. Well, his wife, in the process, after they'd been here a few years, passed away, you know, and then the sister and her husband moved to Idaho. And so he's 92, and he said, I don't have anybody anymore. I'm so glad y'all came to date with us. And, and of course, that broke 
my little tender-hearted wife's heart, and it should have broke my old hard heart. But he was just so happy that we would sit down, and even though he and I had, because I told him, no, that's not right. No, I can show it from the Bible. I said, no, sir, you can't. Even though we had had that discussion, he was so glad that we'd just sit and eat with him. And when Elizabeth left, she said what was obvious. That was a divine appointment we didn't know we had for the day. Because we'd planned on going home, we'd planned on doing this and that, and at the last minute, it was just like our plans went upside down. Okay, I think the Holy Spirit gave us different taste buds. I don't know. Because we like what we've made, okay? But what I'm saying is, you will find out again and again, if you allow him, the Holy Spirit will have you in areas that you hadn't planned to go, where, or you'll meet people you didn't know you were supposed to meet, and that's a divine appointment. I've shared with you before, a lot of times, I'll be at the hospital and see somebody I didn't realize was having trouble, and they're so glad to see me, and I'm there to see somebody else. I don't have the heart to say, well, yes, let's pray, and let's see what's going on. And then I go see who else I'm supposed to see, but it's divine appointments. That is the Holy Spirit of God guiding us to the work of God. Amen. Now, the danger is if you don't experience that, you need to ask why. Because if you do not have the Holy Spirit, you are not His. That's why Paul tells us to check to make sure we're in the faith. Let's go on. The second thing is this. To be filled with the Spirit, you have to pray. Okay? You really have to pray to be filled with the Spirit. Uh, In the book of Acts, chapter 1, we know that uh, that's what's going on. In chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus, before he ascended, says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea. Uh, Samaria to the end of the earth. In verse, verse 14, it says, These all continued with one accord in prayer. And he had listed all the folks there in that upper room. They stayed in one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So prayer is the key to being filled with the Holy Spirit. You cannot uh, be filled until you empty yourself. And the way we empty ourselves It's through prayer. We approach God in prayer. We recognize who he is. We recognize who we are. We confess our sins. We ask him to take away those desires we should not have. We ask to be more in tune with the will of God, with doing the kingdom work, with uh, seeking his kingdom and his righteousness first. Okay, uh, we we get in tune where we we get down and ask for a revival. We ask that we should love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our mind, with all our soul. Those things happen in prayer, and it's earnest, continual prayer. These folks stayed in a prayer meeting until the Holy Spirit came on Pentecost. We need to understand that it's a constant type of prayer. You know, uh, we were told to pray without ceasing by the Apostle Paul. I think that's 1 Thessalonians 5.17, if I'm not mistaken. But pray without ceasing, and that just means you're in an attitude of prayer. It means when God brings things to your mind, you pray about it. Okay? Now, listen to me. If you're going down the road, a lot of times God will bring something. I start praying for somebody. Do not close your eyes. You'll end up driving like the preacher if you do, and it's not good. Okay. But you see, prayer is what uh, puts us into contact with God where he can, he can do his work, where he can guide us, where he can do it. Uh, you know, <clears throat> in your prayer time in the morning, we talked about Jesus emptying himself. Do you empty yourself and say, this is the day the Lord has made, and not only will I be glad in it, but Lord, you guide me to do your will today. 
you have me where I'm supposed to be. Give me the wisdom to see the opportunities you have given me for Jesus Christ today. See, we're filled with the Spirit when we empty ourselves in prayer and the Spirit fills us and guides us. And let me assure you, it helps your day go a whole lot better when you're trying to do His will rather than your will. And we need to understand that and, uh, and get next to that. Um, recently, uh, got up and thought, okay, I've got this, this to do. You know, I do make a to-do list every once in a while, Brother Galen. Okay, and so I'm going through my to-do list, and I've done everything, and everything just kept falling apart, and people kept interrupting, and I kept thinking, okay, God, this is important. These are things that I've got to do, and these are visits I have to make, and this and that and the other, and and I kept bucking and kept bucking, and and, uh, anyway, when I finally surrendered to him, it it started getting a little bit better, and then then the devil threw up a, a roadblock. Somebody got my card number off of my bank card and charged money, but... It's all right. I turned it in, and they give me my money back. But the whole point was, that's what made me realize, okay, God, I've been doing my thing all day long, and this is what it took to get my attention. Now you've got it. What am I supposed to do? And then I had to start doing some different things. Don't be like me. Be filled with the Spirit. Be in prayer so you know what direction you're supposed to go. Now, I'm going to ask a very personal question that I want you to answer out loud. Are we even concerned on a day-by-day basis what God wants us to do or how God wants to use us? Is it something that's foreign to our mind that we only think about every once in a while? Or is it something that we're always thinking about? You see, as Christians filled with God's Holy Spirit, we're to do the will of Him who sent us. Because Jesus said, Father, as you sent me, I have sent them. As in John 17. Okay? And... As you have sent me, I have sent them. That word sent there means in like manner, for the same purpose, to do the same things. Okay. Let's go on. Y'all are looking at me sort of funny. I must have said something wrong. The third thing, to be filled with the Spirit, one must be obedient. One must be obedient. If you're going to be filled with the Spirit, you have to be obedient. Now, In Acts chapter 5, verse 32, it says that uh, Peter and the apostles have been drugged before the Sanhedrin. Verse 29, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God hath exalted his right hand to be prince and savior, give repentance of Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When I said sometimes it's sin that keeps us from hearing from the Holy Spirit, that sin is disobedience. If you want to experience the Holy Spirit teaching you in joyous ways, guiding you, uh, working His power through you, doing things that you and I cannot do, then you have to start with obedience. Okay? There's no such thing as being an obedient Christian and telling Jesus no. But it's my life, Brother Gary. No, it's not. It's His life lived through you. Now, you get to enjoy a lot of things that He gives you. Okay? I'm glad that uh, you called on uh, Miss Kathy to say how long they'd been married this morning. 
But just a couple of years ago, you could have called on Elizabeth and she forgot how many it was. Do you know now? Nope. 35, darling. Yeah. Now she would say 100 or way too long, but it's 35. Okay. And so God gives us those things, even doing his will, like a, a beautiful wife who's a helpmate and who, who puts up with me ribbing her. And, and uh, she knows uh, uh, the things that she's supposed to do as a pastor's wife. He, he lets us enjoy children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews. He lets us enjoy one another. Okay, It's not saying that you're not going to have fun as a Christian, but when the Holy Spirit is involved in your life and you're seeking God's will, you're going to have more fun than you've ever had because you're in the center of God's will. You're also going to go through more stuff than anybody else because you're in the center of God's will. But you'll discover the joy of God in the presence and work of the Spirit of Christ going with you through the midst of the storm till the storm passes by. And you'll understand that. You see, we as believers are God's agent in this world. He is the one who gives us power to do the things we're supposed to do. If we're not obedient to Him... If we're disobedient, he cannot use us because then instead of the teacher and the one who guides us in the truth and the one who empowers us, he is literally the one who has to bring us to discipline. Okay? And discipline starts with a whisper and ends up in a hurricane if we don't listen. Okay? I want you to think about that. Which would you rather have, a whisper or a hurricane? Okay? I know which one I want. <laughs> See? And he'll fill us with his power. You realize that we have to have the Holy Spirit to do His work. We can't do it ourselves. Even the Old Testament testified to that. Way back in the book of Zechariah, and you're going to know this scripture. In Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, So he answered and said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, Not by, my, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of host. Not by might nor by power, but by the Lord of host. In other words, God's going to accomplish things that others can't. But here's the message for us today. If you think you're too weak, if you think you're not knowledgeable enough, if you think you haven't been a Christian long enough, or hadn't studied enough, or etc., etc., God says it's not by your might. It's not by your power. It's by my spirit, says the Lord. And that spirit comes when we have faith. That spirit comes when we pray. And his Holy Spirit comes when we are obedient. Most of the problems of America will be solved if and when God pours out his spirit in revival across our land. Because then his might and his power will be displayed. We should be praying for all of our elected officials, local and on up. Because the Holy Spirit can thwart and frustrate those who would lead our nation further away from God. It's not by might, but by his Spirit. So, would you bow your heads? What do you do with a sermon like this? Well, maybe 
You just want to come in rededication so that the Holy Spirit can fill you. Maybe you've been sitting there and thinking you were saved, but you haven't experienced the Holy Spirit, and so you know you're not saved, and God has revealed that to you. And you need to come and accept Christ. Maybe you need to come in repentance of sin. Maybe to, to surrender burdens. Maybe to answer a special call that God gave just to you during this time by his Holy Spirit guiding you. But whatever it is, you need to come. I'm going to pray. We're going to stand and sing. And you come as God wants you to come. Father God, this is your time. It's your time because you're here. Your Holy Spirit moves among us and whispers in our hearts and touches our minds so that we can understand your word. Father, we want to be obedient to you. And so give us the strength and the wisdom and the power to be exactly that, obedient Christians. In Christ's name, amen.